greetings in the precious name of Jesus. It is uh, good to be here to worship with you people up the road here um, this morning. As you heard the little introduction there by uh, Brother Leon about him asking me to, to come here, uh, you can realize uh, uh, the difficulty of the assignment. And um, I'm so glad, I, I shouldn't say it the way, I, I know so very little about what has been going on in these parts uh, in the last uh, year or so. Um, and uh, that's probably good um, because I can just uh, share some things that, that, you know, I'm not sure... Um, how, how they'll strike uh, each of you individually. And you know, I, I say this various times when I preach. And, and this is true for any preacher. You know, he can, he can have some thoughts. So, so I can have some thoughts. Uh, I can share some scripture and have some thoughts of how it ought to be applied or how you should receive it. But the Holy Spirit if you are open to the power of the Spirit moving in your heart and life, can do a lot more with that Scripture than I can. And so, you know, I can suggest some things, you know, in sharing a message. And any preacher is doing that. They're suggesting some things, sharing some Scriptures, saying, making their comments about the Scripture. And the Lord may, by His powerful Holy Spirit, take that Scripture and tap you on the back somewhere and, and, and be saying something that the preacher never said. But it's there because the Word is so powerful. And if you're open to the Spirit nudging you and pricking your ear, you will let that Spirit, that Word speak to you uh, as to how the, whatever the Spirit says is in there for you. Uh, I'm not saying that the same word says opposite things to different people. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying there's so much there that we can only say so much in 45 minutes. I'm just wondering if, if you will be open to that as we look at the word uh, this morning, this afternoon. If, you know, regardless of what I say, if God taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, this is what the word says. Are you listening? This is what the Bible says. This is what God may say. I, this is what I'm saying in this word. Will you obey? Will you submit? Will, will you do that? So I'll just tell you that the, the two messages I'd like to share so that you won't be wondering uh, after this morning what I'll be saying talking about this afternoon, but this afternoon, um, I've just entitled the message, um, Trusting God in Trials. That's for this afternoon. This morning, I would like to uh, share with you some, some guidelines for edifying 
and encourage you. I repeat some guidelines for edifying and encouraging. You know, that second verse of our Sunday school lesson is probably the, the saddest verse of the, the whole eight verses that we looked at. Paul said to those people he was writing to, In the past, you haven't been able to receive me. And the fact is, you're still not able to receive me. And so I'm having to continue continue to feed you with milk. I say it. I say it. Um, apparently, they were not doing a very good job of edifying one another. Edifying means to build up, like to go somewhere, to make some progress. And apparently that wasn't happening. So Paul said, that's how you have been in the past. You're still in the same condition. I have to continue to give you milk. Would that be us, possibly? You know, if you were to search your own heart and life uh, and talk about how you've been built up or or grown up or or grown, you know, in the last year or two, uh, what would the graph look like in God's eyes? Well, the message this morning really has to do with um, with us helping each other in that in that growth and in that uh, being encouraged and in that being edified, helping each other, relating to each other. So first of all, I'll break it down kind of into three three parts. First of all, just a little word study; it won't take long. Uh, secondly, uh, edifying one another or encouraging one another, and then um, thirdly. Edifying the body of Christ. So, those last two parts. The one, the, first, the second, the, the middle part, edifying one another, really refers to kind of a one-on-one relationship, or, or me relating to another brother or sister, how how that works together and how it should. Whereas the, the last part, edifying the body, that we're looking more at a, a couple of scriptures where it talks about you know what I do or say or how I act that that affects really the whole body. Christ. So, first of all, the little word study. Um, in general conversation, yes, we, we don't. We probably don't use the word edify too much, but, but maybe we use the word more encourage. Um, the fact is, in the King James Bible, um, the word encourage is, is used. And in the King James Bible, the word encourage is not in the New Testament. Now, in some other versions, translation, the word encourage is, but in King James, the word encourage is not in the New Testament. There are other words there, of course, that mean something similar, uh, some might say. But uh, So encourage is, is, is in the King James Old Testament, and the word edify, then, is in the King James New Testament. Um, 
So the Old Testament encouraged, of course, translated from, from the Hebrew, uh, it has these meanings or shades of meanings. Uh, strengthen, we're talking about the word encourage in the Old Testament. Strengthen, uh, help, confirm, fortify, maintain, make strong. And then the word edify, uh, coming from, translate from the Greek uh, in our New Testament, King James, uh, it means to, uh, to construct, to confirm, and yes, to build up. Well, let's look first at the Old Testament. Um, we're thinking about um, encouraging one another at a place or two here in, in the Old Testament. Turn with me, if you would, to Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy in chapter 1. <clears throat> now, you know the book of Deuteronomy, of course. It is, it is Moses rehearsing, telling again the story to the people he was leading of how God has worked in, in, in their lives in the past. A rehearsing of, of God's work with them. Not only is, is he rehearsing how God has worked with, with them, but he is also rehearsing the people's response to God. Now, when it came to spying out the land that they were headed for, uh, you know that story too. Um, the spies were sent, and Joshua and Caleb were positive with God's power their report was, we can do this. We can take the land. The other spies discouraged the people. They said they were, said they were giants in the land and the cities had great walls around them. And so, so the people murmured and complained and said, Moses, you just brought us out here um, for the Amorites to destroy us. Now, it was known already that Moses would not be able to go into the land. But Joshua would be their leader and take them into the land of promise. With the people complaining and talking so discouraging and getting on the sides of the, the, the ten spies that were discouraging in their reports, you can imagine how Joshua may have felt. I'm supposed to be the leader to take these people into the land of promise, and these ten spies that have come and just, just uh, gave them such a discouraging report, and the people are feeling really bad. Moses, you just led us out here in the wilderness for us to die. And Joshua had to somehow get the people encouraged. He had to be encouraged, first of all, to take the job, to do the job as leader, and encourage the people to follow. Look at what the Bible says is recorded here 
in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 38. Verse 38. Most speaking, and he says, verse 38, But Joshua, the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Moses knew that Joshua needed encouraging. I suspect that most of you know this morning that your leaders need encouraging. Moses in his wisdom said, encourage Joshua. Look at chapter 3, verse 28. Chapter 3 and verse 28. But charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go over before his people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. I, I know the God that I know ha, ha, has wonderful things for you people. It's his desire that wonderful things would be happening in your personal lives and in the lives of your congregation. And here, Moses again said, but charge Joshua, or, or God said, and, and encourage him and strengthen him. Encourage your leaders and strengthen them. Stand behind them, support them, help them through these difficult times. Like Joshua needed help and strength and encouragement at that time. So, what can we learn from this little lesson? We should encourage our brothers and sisters when God has called them to a large task or to a difficult assignment. And certainly, it goes without saying, we should pray for them. When we pray for them, we're doing something for them and hopefully we're doing something for our own selves and our own spirits and our own attitudes when we pray for the needs of our brother and sister. Let's look then in the New Testament. Now begin in uh, Romans chapter 14. Romans in chapter 14. I'd like to look first at uh, 
verse 19, Romans chapter 14, verse 19. We, we will skip around in this chapter a little bit and look at uh, some various verses, not, not necessarily in order, but you'll see what's happening here uh, as soon as I get started. Romans chapter 14, and uh, first of all, verse 19. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Build up another. And if the Bible says that, then it's, it's okay for us, and we should, each one of us personally ask ourselves a question. You know, is that me? Have I been doing that? Look at verse 7. Verse 7. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. You know, it's probably uh, not a time in the life of your congregation to just, uh, for so long a time, just to sit idly by and, and do nothing or say nothing. Like, you know, well, I'll just kind of keep to myself and stay out of this trouble, you know, whatever, you know. I'll just kind of sit back and watch. Well, the Bible says there, for none of us, you know, by the way, you know, then you could go into a whole study of the, the, the body, the body and all the parts of the body, and each one being a member and a, a part of the body and so forth, and we don't have time for all that, of course. But here in one little verse it says, verse 7, for none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. In other words, if you're part of the body, then you do have an effect in some way, shape, or form on the rest of the body. Chapter 15 and verse 2. Chapter 15 and verse 2. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. There it is again, that word. And again, I think it's fair for us to ask ourselves a question, a personal question. Um, is that happening with me? Is that happening in my life? Let every one of us please his neighbor to his good to edification. Now, it didn't just say please his neighbor Period. No, no, no. But please, his neighbor, for his good to edification. Something that that is building him up in the Lord, building him up spiritually. Something that's spiritually, eternally profitable for him. Now. Back in chapter 14, chapter 14 again, verses 12 and 13. Chapter 14, verses 12 and 13. So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not, therefore, judge one another anymore, but just judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall 
in his brother's way. You see, that, the last part of that verse I just read, it would be the opposite of building up, would it not? So we've been told to encourage, to build up, to edify, to build up, and this would be the opposite of that. Doing something that has a negative effect on them spiritually. Causing someone to stumble, use the word there, stumbling block. Or occasion to fall, use that phrase. God forbid that we would live such a way that that would, God would have to say, you know, you, you caused that to happen. Because of your actions or your attitudes, you caused that to happen. Paul said, please don't, don't let that be you. But rather edify and build up spiritually your brother and your sister. When we don't see things exactly the, the same, when we have different feelings, and sometimes we use the word conviction, that's a whole story in itself, maybe. Well, I, you know, I just feel strongly this way. Well, I mean, uh, is that the right way? <laughs> you know, when we have differences of, of, of feelings, we must relate to each other in a way that, that edifies one another and does not destroy. I mean, it was obvious in, in, in these passages here that everybody, and we don't have time to, to look at all what he was talking about, but he was talking about two of the things he was talking about, maybe two of the main things he was talking about here in, in chapter 14, was, was eating, eating various things, and days, observing various days. You see that near the beginning of the chapter. And he was saying, don't let those things destroy you and destroy your relationship one with another. And I'm, I'm sure he wasn't, didn't, wouldn't say if we would ask him today, well, was that the end of the list, list just eating a day? He would say, of course not. I was just using those, using those as examples. And maybe they were having some significant problems with those two things at the time, but they're still examples that, that we should learn from. Let's turn into 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians in chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10. First of all, verses um, Twenty-three and twenty-four. Verse twenty-three and twenty-four. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own 
but every man another's wealth. Of course, the word wealth there doesn't mean necessarily money, money, financial wealth. It's talking about this, the wealth of the personal or spiritual wealth. You know, those, those couple of verses there uh, might be good ones to, to put on your refrigerator for a while. You should look at from time to time. Let me just read them again. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. You see, there are a lot of things that... Uh, in themselves may not be wrong, right or wrong. You know, things to do or places to go or things to wear or things to say may not be wrong in themselves, but they may not be helpful. They may not be the best. They may not be good for the occasion. They may not be proper in the situation. They may have a negative effect on someone rather than build them up. That's what the verses are saying. Or do we just kind of throw that aside in our carnality? We were talking about that, of course, this morning. And say, uh, well, I just don't see it that way. Or, um, well, that's just his problem. Or, uh, if she wants to think that way, just, just let her think that way. You know, I'm suggesting that those three phrases I just stated suggest a, a, a poor attitude, not a prop, not a godly attitude, not an attitude that wants to build up my brother or sister or help them in their walk with the Lord, but it's an attitude that will actually tear down and destroy. One more time, I'm going to read both of those verses and then we'll move on. This is 1 Corinthians 10, verses 23 and 24. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's will. Do, do those verses have anything to do with what we would simply call selfishness? They certainly do. Turn uh, back a, a page to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians in chapter 8. 
The very first verse, 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1. Now, as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puff us up, but sharing edifies. I, I hope you understand very easily what that verse is saying. Um, so, in the middle of the verse, we all have knowledge. Simply say, you know, we all have a feeling. We all have. Well, I think this way. I have not. My knowledge is, on this issue is, is this, and I feel it's sound knowledge. You know, we all know how we feel about such and such a thing. We all have knowledge. Now, period. Now, in the very next breath, he says this little short sentence. He just kind of jabs it. The end of verse one. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity builds up. Now let me ask us this. Does your brother or sister know you because of your knowledge or because of your love? You know, there's some people that you talk to them, and you really can't tell them hardly anything at all because they already knew it. Either because they already knew it, or because you're wrong. Amazing. You talk to some people and you can't believe all the things they already know, and you thought you had just learned something, but they already knew it. Let me repeat what I said here about this verse, and then I'll say something else. But does your brother or sister know you because of your knowledge that you always want to give him, or because of your love? You could say it another way. You could say it different ways, of course. Do you have a close relationship with certain brothers or sisters because you let them know how much you know? Or because you let them know how much you care for them and love them? Many years ago, the Apostle Paul said, Knowledge puffeth up, but charity builds up. Uh, again, if, if you'd like to put something on your mirror, uh, on your dresser, on your refrigerator, maybe just the last sentence in, in, in verse 1 would be helpful for us at times. 
knowledge prophesies, but charity edifies. See, the devil would like to help you and me think that we have all the answers. We can fix the problems. If you would only do it my way, if you would know the, the experience I have and do it this way, this would be the good result. Paul said that knowledge prophesies, makes one proud. But love, but love builds one up. I'm not going to turn to it. Here's a verse that, uh, from Ephesians 4 that most of you could say by memory. It's Ephesians 4.29. This is what it says. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. you and I talk? Is it grace coming from us to the hearers? I mean, is God using that to, to grace the hearer? Is God using my speech and my talk to, to edify, to build up, and, and, and that building up is like ministering grace to them? That verse says we should speak that which is good, that it, that it may build up and edify our, our brothers and sisters. This may be a little bit to the side, but, um, you know, there's many parents here with children, and I don't know you at all, but um, I've seen situations where, where this happened, it seemingly seemed uh, unfortunately, and so I'll just mention this, about we as parents relating to our children and speaking to our children. Um, children hearing so many negative things about themselves, I'm talking about from their parents, you know, it's children hearing so many negative things about them themselves. Uh, it can cause them to be uh, forward and outspoken, actually. Why? Because they're trying to prove to themselves and to others uh, that they are somebody. And so, um, you know, maybe that's not a problem with any of you, but uh, it is in, in some situations. You know, it, a, a parent that is not operating under the Holy Spirit's direction as they should. You know, there, there's something wrong with so many things a child does, and, and it's like they're trying to discipline them with their words and help them to be an adult you know, <laughs> as they're growing up, and, and they're so critical sometimes. And um, I'm saying that because of this verse says, let no corrupt communication out, come out of your mouth, but that is, it is good to the use of edifying, that it helps your child. Not only your brothers and sisters in the church, but as we relate to our children, it helps our children. It helps them to grow, and it's like grace to them. But if we are so, so much, so much of the time negative and critical in our talk to them, it will it, it, the way it, it is 
happens often is they turn out to be a forward person or an outspoken person because they're trying to prove to themselves that they are somebody and that they can do some things right and so forth. Well, before we move on to uh, a few verses in uh, concerning edifying the, the body in, in general, I would like for us to sing a couple of, of short songs in the hymnal. So if you will turn in your hymnal, uh, first of all, to uh, number uh, 462. 462. I looked at this song, it, it, it spoke to me, and, and it has some words and phrases in here and thoughts that uh, go along with some of the things we're looking at here. May it be an encouragement and a challenge and a blessing to you as we sing this song. 462, How Sweet, How Heavenly is the Sun. How sweet, how heavenly is the sight when those who love the Lord in one another's peace delight and so fulfill His word when each can feel His broad and with him bear apart when sorrow flows from eye to eye and joy from heart to heart when free from envy scorn and pride are we Number um, 329. 
3.9, all praise to our redeeming Lord. Well, let's look uh, a place or two then concerning edifying the body in, in general. First Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians and chapter 14. Look at verse uh, 26. First Corinthians 14 and verse 26. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation? Let all things be done unto edifying. Wow, that's an interesting verse. Um, with that, look at the first part of verse 33. First part of verse 33. For God is not the altar of confusion, but of peace. Apostle Paul was saying, as he wrote verse 26 there, um, By the way, it's similar to a couple other verses we already read. But uh, he said, you know, yeah, everybody has an idea. 
everybody has something that they think um, uh, needs to be shared, or everybody has a point to make. That brings me to my mind something um, that I remember when I was rather young. I was a teenager, I guess. I, I'm not sure exactly how old I was, maybe older than that. But an, an older man in our congregation there in South Boston, that. Um, I don't know how to say it. He wasn't quite as intelligent in many ways as some people are, a little bit slower in, in his thinking on some things. But uh, there was something going on in the church that there was some discussion about, maybe some argument about. And he picked up on that. Uh, and then sometime after that, he was in our house. Uh, and uh, I don't know, the subject came up apparently. And he just simply said this. You know, everybody has a point. <laughs> well, here the Apostle Paul knew uh, that that kind of thing could happen. And he said, you know, you come together when you come together. So, you know, you come together close to people worship. You know, you come together to, to worship, to, to do things together as a congregation. Uh, and he said, uh, so you come together, and, 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 and many of you probably feel that, you know, you're doing what, 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 what you should and what God wants you to do, and you have something to say, you have something to contribute. Every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. That all sounds pretty good, does it not? But then quickly he said this, let all things be done to edify, suggesting that things could be done otherwise. Things could be done in order that, that distracts and tears down rather than builds up. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians in chapter 4. The thing about building up, the thing about encouraging, the thing about edifying, with that in mind, let me read the first seven verses. First of all, Ephesians chapter 4, the first seven verses. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. I just have to stop and comment there. You see, that verse 2 right there sounds a little bit opposite from some of the things he was admonishing them about, right? where everybody sees it their way and has their own thing to do and has their own bit to say and has their own idea and, you know, and so forth, you know. Uh, verse 2 sounds quite opposite from that, does it not? With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, for three, endeavoring to keep 
the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as we are, we are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who above all and through all, who is above all and through all and in you all, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now reading verses 11 to 16, verses 11 to 16, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Do we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ? That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Wow. <laughs> now, several of those verses are quite malviceful. But if, especially verse 16. I mean, there's so much in verse 16. Uh, I, um, I wrote it this way. What does verse 16 say in, in maybe uh, in my own words? By, like this. By Christ, the whole body is wonderfully fit together and held together as each one does his part and the body grows and increases as it is edified or built up through love. If you haven't studied this passage, Ephesians chapter 4, in depth so recently, uh, that could be a little homework assignment for you. What are you doing? and being for your brother or sister? And what are you doing and being for the body of Christ? Does it edify? Does it build up? Is it building up? God expects you and me to be those that help other brothers and sisters to grow and ones that help the body grow and be built up. May God, by His Holy Spirit and His Word, help us grow in those areas. 